0: You know, I mean, there's not much to say. There's not much that can be added to, uh, you know, what transpired tonight. So, you know, um, it's a terrible effort on our part um, to allow us to happen, especially on our court. So, there's it's, it's not much to say.
1: You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, Every day,
0: And you are indeed locked on Magic for the final episode of 2019. Today is December 31st, 2019. My name is Philip Rosenreich. I'm the expert in site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at underscore omd On today's episode, we will add more to it. Jonathan Isaac will talk about the Magic's loss to the Atlanta Hawks and where the Magic stand as the calendar year comes to a close, still searching for their way to play and for the team that they ended the 2019 season with, but before we do, before we get to any of that, I do want to remind you all that you check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching wherever you download podcasts for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here, covering your Orlando no Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the lowdown on the Atlanta Hawks perspective of this game? Check out Locked On Hawks. Want to look ahead to Wednesday's opponent, the Washington Wizards, after their big win over the Miami Heat? Check out Locked On Wizards. No matter who your favorite team is, or your second favorite team is, your team you love to hate, or any team you're just interested in a little bit, you can find a Locked On podcast about them. Plus, we have our great national podcast, Locked On NBA, Locked On Facing Basketball, Rejecting the Screen, and the Duncan and Hollinger NBA podcast. No matter where you download podcasts or who your team is, whether it's the NBA, NFL, MLB, or college or NHL too, you can find a Locked On podcast covering your team today. Check it out wherever you download podcasts, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. The Orlando Magic seemed to have figured things out midway through the second quarter. It was a slow start for them going up against an Atlanta Hawks team on a 10-game losing streak and playing without their star player, Trey Young. And they are pretty bad, statistically, without Trey Young. This is always a bit of a trap game. Orlando was playing without Aaron Gordon, too, which, you know, I don't know would have made a difference in this game because he's not the best shooter in the world, but this is a Magic team that struggles offensively and doesn't always have its ship in a row. They've been pretty reliable against teams like the Hawks this year, and so there's certainly plenty of reason to be confident. Yet, there's, there's always that lingering bit of doubt. There's always that lingering peace with this Magic team because they... Haven't found their consistency yet, and of course that's going to be the big issue, the big talking point and big issue coming out of this game. But the Magic came out relatively flat. Their offense didn't move particularly well. They were defending well enough to keep themselves in the game, but came out pretty flat. But in the second quarter, they got things moving. They got themselves playing at their pace, number one, and, and at the rate that they need to play. Moving inside and out and getting the ball uh, kicking around the perimeter, the Magic looked like the team they needed to—that would blow this team out, that would take care of business on a, at on the home floor, and head into a, a trip up to Washington D.C. on New Year's Day. Head up there, feeling confident about themselves once again, back on the winning column, column, and you know, drawing ever closer to the rest of the Eastern Conference pack, and distancing themselves again from the teams below them. We're, we're at the turn of the year; it's time to. Start thinking about the standings a little bit. The quick burst that the Magic used to extend their lead from seven or eight points out to 18 in the second quarter was exactly how the Magic needed to play. They turned defense into offense. They moved the ball inside out. They hit shots. And it was perhaps a bit foreboding that the lead didn't hover there very long. Brandon Godwin, or Brandon Goodwin, excuse me, of all people came off the bench, scored 8 points and a 10-2 run for the Hawks to bring the lead down to 10 at halftime. Orlando was one that won that second quarter 36 to 22. They shot the ball exceptionally well. And yet, the Magic were up only 10. This was still a game. This wasn't a runaway by any means and the Magic had to continue playing with precision. And focus on both ends if they're going to win this game. The Hawks, you know, while depleted and maybe not as offensively potent, still came to play and still required their attention. It's not that the Magic overlooked this team at all. It's that the Magic just didn't respond well to the pressure the Hawks provided, the energy that they played with, the spirit that they played with trying to break a 10-game losing streak. And the Magic just could not find... The relief offensively, that would get them out of the hole or get them back in the lead again. As has been the issue throughout the year, the offense became extremely stagnant. As, as I think Jonathan Isaac said, it would say, the Magic were taking the shots the Hawks wanted them to take. The ball stayed on one side of the court. Space was crowded. And while Orlando didn't turn the ball over very much, only nine times, Hawks converted on every single one of those mistakes. Nine turnovers for 17 points. And slowly the Hawks chipped, not only, really not slowly, the Hawks chipped into that lead pretty quickly. And all of a sudden they had the rhythm. They had the juice. They had the control of the pace of the game. And the Magic were searching. Magic really weren't finding anything. And depleted as they are, they don't have the offensive weapons. So the Hawks took the lead by the end of the fourth quarter. And in a pretty big moment, the Magic went cold. It was a tight game, maybe a three-point deficit, and all of a sudden it was eight, it was nine, it was ten. As the Magic fouled and got frustrated, their defense collapsed. As they struggled to keep the Hawks out of the lane, keep the Hawks off the offensive glass on several occasions. And the Magic just could not find relief to score enough. And by the time the Magic really woke up from this slumber and started playing with any sense of urgency, they were down 11 with about four or five minutes to play. Magic cut that lead down to five or six. You know, the Hawks certainly made mistakes and they weren't good, you know, they weren't good enough to completely run away from Magic. But when it comes to late-game late situations, it comes down to making shots. Orlando shot. Orlando scored only 36 points in the second half. They shot 36%. They made only 41.6% of their baskets. They hit one three-pointer in the entire second half. And to make matters worse, the Magic missed 10 free throws. The Hawks deserve all the credit for winning this game. The Hawks deserve every accolade for going out there and taking this one from the Magic. And they took it from the Magic. But the Magic made mistake after mistake. Just little things. Not even little things. The big thing, they missed shots, which has happened this year. But more importantly, the Magic struggled defensively to get stops, to use that defense to generate offense. They made mistakes on the foul line. They didn't move the ball. They didn't play the way they needed to play. So the Magic took perhaps the worst loss of the season without doubt, actually, the worst loss of the season against a team they should have beaten. This isn't a 19-point blown lead on the road at Denver on the second night of a back-to-back. Denver's a good team, and that's a tough situation. So it's the Magic at home against the league's worst team by record. Getting beat without their top player. A game the Magic should have had control over game that the Magic, if they had played with the attention to detail on both ends of the floor that they needed, should have won easily and proved in building an 18-point lead they could win easily. Again, easily being a relative term. The Magic didn't do any of that. For whatever reason, they didn't have the energy. They didn't have the focus. They didn't have the intensity that they needed. And with the Magic's depth stretched incredibly thin by the injuries to Al Farouk Michael Carter-Williams, and yes, to Aaron Gordon, The Magic really had no answers off the bench either. Just 24 points off the bench. Nearly eclipsed by Brandon Goodwin alone with 21 points. DJ Augustine with 17 of those 24 points off the bench. The Magic simply could not create the answers that they needed. The Magic simply could not find relief. They could not get themselves out of the hole... And instead, they only dug deeper. They had ways to get there. Unfortunately, Nikola Vucevic wasn't in long enough, perhaps, or wasn't in long enough with Evan Fournier, who, you know, Magic's only two real offensive weapons in this game. And the Magic were kind of piecing things together. And they just, just did not find their rhythm all night long. They know they're better than this. They know they can play better than this. But unfortunately, the reality is this team is still making these kinds of mistakes of just focus and intensity and attention to detail. This isn't about the Magic playing their best and losing to a team that was better that night. This was the Magic not playing their best. This was the Magic leaving a lot on the the floor and that's the part that confuses and frustrates this team most of all. The Orlando Magic fall to the Atlanta Hawks 101-93 to to close out the 2019 calendar year. They're back in action Wednesday against the Washington Wizards. We talk about physical fitness a lot in our society. But there's another side of the game that's just as important. And especially after a Magic game like this, I think we could all use it. I'm talking about mental fitness. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body, and Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, have less stress, and perform at your best. For LeBron James, sleep is an important part of his mental fitness routine. He says, quote, Getting good sleep and finding time to rest is one of the most valuable things I can do for my body and my mind. And if you head to Calm.com slash NBA, you'll get 40% off a Calm premium membership. With Calm, you have access to nature scenes LeBron loves, like rain or leaves, and so much more, like sleep stories and meditations. For Again, for a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm with a 40% discount to an annual membership at Calm.com slash NBA. So if you have not gotten that person in your life a Christmas gift, here is a late one to grab. Unlock content to help you focus, e stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash locked on NBA. That's calm.com slash locked on NBA.
1: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and locked on NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Let's run through the final box score for you real fast in this game against the Atlanta Hawks. The Magic are led in scoring by Nikola Vucevic with 27 points on 12 for 19 shooting, 2 for 4 from beyond the arc, Six only 6 rebounds for him. Uh, Four fouls, which I think are notable, and two steals. Um, I thought that throughout the first half, uh, you know, really the entire Magic team to the first maybe one and three quarters of a of a quarter. So most of the first half, I thought the Magic's defense was really, really good. Um, You know, I, I watched the game back on the on broadcast on Fox Sports Florida. Brian Hill said at halftime that if the Magic play defense like this, they should win, and I think that's true. I mean, I I I I think. After the game, my initial reaction was the off- uh, was the defense was not good enough. Um, I expect more from this defense. And, you know, the defense did play well enough that they actually climbed to 11th. They they, they held the Hawks to 104 points per 100 possessions. so below, So that's better than their season average. So it's not like the Magic played poor defense. They had some really strong defensive moments throughout this game. And I really thought for the first, again, throughout much of the first half, I thought the Magic's defense was really, really good. But you could see frustration building in. You could see the team um missing some assignments and really struggling especially late in the game. I thought as good as the Magic were defensively in the first half, I did not think they were particularly strong in the second half. I thought it was at least a mediocre defensive effort and honestly if the Magic had scored at a relatively normal rate that probably would have been enough against this team. It wasn't again not that the Magic played poor defense, but with the offense struggling so much those defensive weaknesses really showed up and and honestly like I'm at the point where I expect the offense to be bad every night. Um, you know, I'm not expecting the world from this offense. It, it needs to be just good enough. To me, the key to this team's identity is its defense. And that's the part that's been slipping over the last few weeks. Um, Steve Clifford even mentioned it before the game that, you know, our offense is is starting to come around. It's, you know, it's playing a lot better recently, but our defense and our defensive intensity has got has got to be better. I mean, honestly, if the Magic want to break whatever issues their offense is having— it should start with their defense. It's not about getting better shots. I mean, it's about passing the ball and it's, and all that. But really, if they want easy baskets, if they want to play the pace at, at, a, at a level that they want to control, it's about the defense first. The defense will generate offensive looks. It'll generate secondary transi- transition. It'll generate frustration. Uh, like like I, I think I said earlier in the season, I don't mind playing low-scoring games. I mean, you give up 101 points, you should be able to win that game. But... If you have to win a game 93 to 90 against the Atlanta Hawks, it's not ideal. But if that's what you got to do, that's what you got to do. And and I think that that the Magic have gotten very much away from that. I mean, I know it's tough in the league the way it's constructed now. But you know, you look at the Magic, the way they played to, they played tonight. If they you know get a stop or two in in key areas and key parts of the game, that's going to get them two or three points. It's going to get them you know a, a couple possessions in transition that will make up the difference in this game or, or stem the tide. And again, getting a stop, getting a fast break is such a big deal, and, and, and the Magic just could not do that consistently. Orlando, with only nine fast break points in the game, they are four for nine on fast break opportunities. The Magic, just again, not really efficient in transition to begin with, but um, they, they've got to be better at that. And, and I thought Vujicic, for the most part, early on, was really strong defensively. I thought he did a really good job protecting the Lane, the Magic have started trapping side pick and rolls and blitzing them. And Vucevic, who notoriously not quick-footed and not good at trapping, has been really good in those situations. I, I, I like this wrinkle that Clifford's put in. I think he's trying to spark some defensive intensity. And if you have to pay attention and trap, that 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 will spark some defensive intensity and and change things. And I think the numbers would say, yeah, you blitz side pick and rolls, you blitz those plays. And I and for the most part, I think it worked. I mean, I think the rotations are still getting down. I don't think the Magic quite have it down perfected yet. But it is a nice wrinkle to the defense. Um, and, and Vucevic does a good job in, in dropping high pick and rolls at the top of the key, which is, what you're, which is what the scheme is supposed to do. But as the game went on, I thought that Vucevic got more frustrated defensively. Um, he wasn't getting the ball as much in the second half as he did in the first. Um, he was the, the key to the Magic taking their 18-point lead in the first half and really key to the team overall, um, doing the things that, that, that it wanted to do uh, and, uh, in that first half. Um, He didn't get the ball as much. Um, It wasn't until really the Magic started trying to make a run in the last half of the fourth quarter that he started getting more looks uh, in the paint and started getting more opportunities. And and he was the only one that was really able to generate any offense. And it was mostly off of post-ups and isos, which isn't ideal, but the Magic were just desperate for scoring. And Vucevic did a good job with that. 27 points again, 12 for 19 shooting, 2 for 4 from beyond the arc. Only 6 rebounds because I think he had to help a lot more. On guards because I, I didn't think Markel Foltz especially played a good defensive game, uh, and and again, and I think he just got frustrated a lot. Um, There's a lot of a lazy reaching fouls. He's a little late on a few rotations. Um, it just like kind of clicked off for him defensively a little bit in in that second half, and, and that's obviously a huge part of the game for the Magic in this one. Because like, again, as bad as their offense was, I did not think their defense was particularly good in the second half, and, and that's, that's something that's got to change. So Nikola Nicole Vucevic certainly the offensive catalyst, but as much as anyone let go of the rope a little bit defensively in a game that the Magic could not afford to do so. Evan Fournier, 10 for 21 shooting, 22 points, 2 for 6 from beyond the arc. Five fouls for him, two assists, four turnovers. Um, Fournier, really the only offense that worked for the Magic all night long was Evan Fournier and Nikola Vucevic running pick-and-rolls for each other and and playing off each other. There really wasn't anything else going on. I don't think this is a case of, as some fans see it, as as Fournier honing in on Vucevic or or playing too much with Vucevic. I think that was literally the only thing that was working. Um, The Magic just did not have enough shooting on the floor at any time. Um, Wessel do, you know, I, I think there was a few moments where Fournier had options to pass to the perimeter. And he just didn't trust the shooters out there., um, you know, to be perfectly honest, um, that, that was that that's how I would read the situation. He looked off, I mean, he didn't look off, but he didn't pass it to Wes Owundu, open in the corner a few times. Um, but awandu, frankly, hasn't proven that he can hit that shot right now. Um, uh, he's hesi- He's hesitating to shoot. And frankly, to me, for this team, that's the biggest sin you can make. If you are not out there comfortable enough to shoot, You shouldn't be out there. I don't care if you're a good 3 point shooter. I don't care if you make it or not, but you need to be a threat to shoot. The defense needs to think, oh, he is going to shoot it, and if I don't stay near him or am close enough that I can contest that shot, he's going to take it. Now, whether that's a shot that defense ultimately wants him to take or not is another question. But Iwundu had a possession in the first half that really set the tone for his whole game where he pump faked twice before taking a three when he didn't need to and missed it badly anyway. Um, you know, a one dude started for Aaron Gordon in this one, but, you know, say what you want about Gordon, say what you want about Fultz even, those guys take the shot. Um, you know, my big criticism for Ken Burch is he doesn't look at the basket when he, when he gets the ball. He's not even a threat to score. And, and right now the Magic offensively just need guys who are willing to, you know, take a little bit of a risk, I guess, and, and, and be a threat to score. And the Magic just don't have that. Fournier and Vucevic were the only guys that were really willing to do that all night long. Or the only ones certainly doing it effectively. So I didn't mind them running a lot through those two guys. Um, Fournier had a lot of his game working. He wasn't perfect tonight. Obviously, he wasn't at his best. But the Magic needed to run a lot through him. And frankly, um, I think with the Magic playing without Gordon, Fournier and Vucevic were split up too much. Um, the Magic needed both of them on the floor. Their offense just didn't work without both of them on the floor. I mean, D.J. Augustine a little bit was able to get some freedom, especially in the first half, but but he slowed down a lot in the second half too. Um, you know, he scored 17 points off the bench, 4 for 9 shooting, 1 for 3 from beyond the arc, 8 for 9 from the foul line, 6 assists, 5 rebounds. So, you know, Augustine does a good job off the bench to kind of get the team moving, but the Magic were just kind of throwing out these odd lineups out there. I know people criticize the Augustine-Foltz lineup that actually statistically works really well. Um, it, it, the Magic were just searching for any offensive spark they could find, and they just couldn't find it. I mean, we talk about last year how there were so many games where Terrence Ross won them the game, but there was also a few games like that game against the infamous game against the Knicks. There was the infamous game against the Cavs late, But Ross really shot the team out of the game. And honestly, you know, this game reminded me a lot of those games because the bench units would come in. The Magic run a lot of their bench bench offense through Terrence Ross. If he's not hitting shots his effectiveness and the effectiveness of that unit decreases dramatically. Terrence Ross, just 2 for 11 from the floor, over 4 from on the arc. He scores only 4 points. Is it, you know, uh, Wes Soendu was a team high minus 16. Terrence Ross was minus 15, um, you know, with, with him on the floor. So, uh, Ross not hitting shots was a big deal in this one. This is just a game where the Magic needed some offensive spark and needed some offensive push, and their, honestly, their most potent offensive weapon just wasn't there to deliver for them. Orlando shoots 41.6% from the floor. They shoot 5 for 25 from beyond the arc. Again, they only hit one three-pointer. I believe they were 1 for 13 in the second half from beyond the arc. 14 of 24 from the foul line. That's 10 missed free throws in a game. The Magic lose by 8. Uh, there's, I believe Fournier had a pair of free throws with the Magic down 6 that would have cut it to 4 or 3. Uh, and, and he missed them both. And, and the Hawks were able to come back and, and take, take, take the lead back out. To double digits. Orlando's out rebounded 52 to 40. That's a product of the missed shots. Both teams got 11 offensive rebounds. Orlando with nine turnovers, leading to 17 Atlanta points. The Hawks led in scoring by Brandon Goodwin with 21 points. They get 16 from Deon, from rookie DeAndre Hunter. A really impressive game from him and 19 from Kevin Herter as well as 18 and 12 from Alex Len, a perpetual magic killer. The Hawks shoot 48.1 percent. They make nine of 29 three-pointers, and they, more importantly, win the game 101-93 over the Orlando Magic.
1: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: And so, here we are again. Another disappointing loss. Another game that just feels kind of empty. Evan Fournier, after the game, sounded hoarse. I don't know if he was sick, but certainly there was a lot of yelling going on 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 the floor, it seemed like. It it felt like there was more than one occasion where Fournier was trying to point a one do to go to the right spot or or Bamba to come set a screen or go do something. It it felt like it felt like honestly that the magic just weren't particularly organized offensively. And this is a frankly, this is a fundamental issue. This is not something that's this is not something that's about scheme or or what the defense is doing. This is all about the magic. It's all about how they play and how they approach the game. And frankly, while the Magic still sit in eighth place in the Eastern Conference, and I, I you know I continue to say this is a playoff team. I'm, I'm both I am factually correct at that at the moment. The truth of the matter is, this team is not playing like a playoff team. The truth of the matter is, the Magic don't look like the team they looked like last year, number one. And number two, don't feel like a team that's, A, made the progress that I think a lot of fans want to see. But B, doesn't feel like a team that that deserves that playoff moniker. If not for being in the Eastern Conference, this 14 and 19 Orlando Magic team wouldn't be a playoff team. Now, no one's going to apologize for that. I, you know, I, I will continue to say that the playoffs, in, in and of themselves, are valuable. The winning pressure that you would feel uh, at, at in March and April is valuable, um, even if you get swept. Which, if the Magic played the Bucks, I assume they would. But certainly, this is not the way anyone. Wants this Magic team to play. This is the first time, really, all season, that the Magic sat at their lockers and 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 could say wholeheartedly, "This is not how we play." And at least to Evan Fournier, this is about as bad as it gets.
1: Not much else to say. Um... But like I said, it was from the get-go. I thought uh, it was obvious that we didn't play ball uh, like we know how uh, offensively, not, not sharing it, not having ball movement. Uh, and like I said, that was the first time this year that you know we played like that. So.
0: And for sure, this is a symptom of larger problems. We've talked on and on and on and on and on how the offense is. So inconsistent. And again, no one's expecting this offense to be a killer offense. This isn't this isn't a top half of the league team. But far too often we're talking about a team that struggles to just do basic things, that goes on long scoring droughts. And there wasn't a long scoring drought in this game, but doesn't play with that ball movement. Play with the pass, as, as Frank Vogel might put it. And doesn't always work well together. For whatever reason, they fall into that trap where they're taking quick shots, where they're keeping the ball on one side, where they're just heavily reliant on pick and rolls, where they don't play with the right pace to get into their offense quicker. As much as the Magic play with a slow pace per you know with number of possessions, this is still a high-tempo team. This is a team that needs to keep the ball moving and keep players moving, and yet they find themselves always stuck and stopped whether it's initiating the offense late because, you know, Marco Fultz or whoever, or DJ Arguson's walking the ball up, or whether it's because a bad pass knocks the whole offense off rhythm and they have to reset the whole thing with less time on the shot clock. That, that happens a lot, and that happened a lot in this game where players got stuck driving into bad spots, had to kick out, and and player either wasn't ready to pass or, or received a poor pass from them, giving the defense time to recover. But, it goes deeper than that because as as much as the offense has struggled, the defense hasn't lived up to its billing either. This is supposed to be a team built on defense. And yet they're 11th in the league in defensive rating. They were 8th last year. If they're going to succeed, they have to be better on that end too. And too often they were giving up penetration on pick and rolls. They were giving up um, opportunities to attack the basket. Therefore, Vucevic was being forced off his man, leaving the dunker spot open on the weak side. Too often, the Magic were just having these little breakdowns, consistently little breakdowns, that just cost them again and again and again. And this is not just about this loss to the Hawks. It may have crystallized these issues. but it's also a sign of how this team hasn't had the right mentality all year long. There might have and might be a fear that this team, you know, not that they're sitting fat and happy, but that this team is armed with the knowledge of what it takes to make the playoffs. And so they lack some of the urgency that it will take to make the playoffs again. They, they know that they have perhaps that extra gear in reserve. Or maybe they're just struggling to find it. But whatever the case, the attention to detail, the focus, the intensity, the purpose of play, whatever you want to call it, has not been there consistently. Seeing this game in stark contrast to the Magic's last home game against the Philadelphia 76ers on Friday, seeing this stark contrast shows that A, the Magic do have it in them, that they do have that play. And B, makes you ask, why isn't it there all the time? Fournier said, the game against Philadelphia, the win against the Sixers, how the Magic played defensively for most of that game, that's the standard. That's the attention and energy the Magic need, the focus the Magic need every night. If they're going to make the playoffs, if they're going to achieve what they want to achieve when they get there, that's what it's going to take every night the rest of the season. This is a team, Steve Clifford said this numerous times, this team isn't good enough, no team in his estimation is good enough, to just show up and beat an NBA team, even if they're down their best player. This team isn't good enough to go through the motions, to play two and a half good quarters or a quarter and a half and win the game. They need the full 48-minute effort, which several players have said they've lacked this year. They haven't found that for all 48 minutes. Injuries have ravaged this team in in, in quiet ways too. It, It feels like this team hasn't been fully healthy since the first couple games of the preseason that Aaron Gordon's been dealing with little injuries here and there. That, Of course, the big injury to Vucevic, the the several injuries Michael Carter-Williams has faced, Alfred Camino's injury. There's been little nagging injuries that have just kind of gutted this team slowly, but no one should use that as an excuse. You can't use that as an excuse. This is a team that is good enough to make the playoffs. This is a team that knows it is good enough and it can play better. And this is a time that's going to test their resolve, and hopefully sharpen their focus. I would say, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's a team, you know, and everybody, uh, you know, their their struggles when it comes to the league. There are ups and downs with every team, and uh, you know, I don't I don't think we're going to just uh, at any point in time start to get negative and you know what what we should have, could have, would have been last year. Uh, we look forward. If There is a silver lining, which you may not want to hear, but I want to say it anyway. If there is a silver lining, the Chicago Bulls lost. The Detroit Pistons lost. It is the NBA. It is just one game in an 82-game ocean. The Magic still hold a -a game-and-a-half lead over the Chicago Bulls for eighth. They're two and a half games behind the Brooklyn Nets, who lost to Minnesota. Another a bad loss for them as well, without Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins in the lineup. It's a weird night in the NBA, but the Wizards with, with the Wizards beating the Heat without Bradley Beal. It's a weird night in the NBA, and just proof that anything can happen in any given night. What is the true test of a team, though, is how they respond to the downs of the NBA season, which there are always downs in every NBA season, even among the best teams. How you respond to those downs, how you limit them, perhaps, and what you look like more often than not. This is the part that the Magic haven't gotten right yet. More often than not, we don't know what this team's going to look like. We can't even say for sure anymore that they'll beat Teams like Atlanta. We don't know what a good day looks like or what a bad day looks like. We don't know whether the team will play intense or too loose. And that's the part that needs to change most. It's January, folks. The turn of the calendar year. We're past Christmas, another milestone on the NBA calendar. It is time to start separating yourself and it's time to start staking your claim to your spot in the postseason. And January is going to be very tough for the Orlando Magic. So if they don't have the right approach, if they aren't playoff ready now, things could get very ugly for this team. And they may have to play desperate again down the stretch to make sure they achieve just that basic goal that they have for themselves. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked On Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Tune, and Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the places on download podcasts. Your podcast enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at Philip R MD. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. We'll be back again Thursday to recap the Magic's game against the Washington Wizards. So until then, have a happy day. Happy New Year. Have a safe New Year's Eve. Have a great New Year's Day. We'll talk about the Magic's game against the Wizards on Thursday's episode of Locked on Magic. So until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossmanreich. Right, I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic.
1: You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.